Welcome back to another episode of the Creatively Conscious Podcast, where we interview industry professional graphic designers and educate beginners through conversation and experiences. God, I love saying that. It feels so good to be back on another episode. You can listen to this episode on all podcast platforms and watch the action, emotion and interaction unfold on YouTube. Thanks to everyone that's joining me today. Today's episode is a beautiful interview with Oliver Whitehouse, who is one of my best friends. We met at university, but I really wanted to share Ollie's story because he was in the shoes of you beginner designers and coming from zero knowledge in design, he now runs his own creative agency. In this episode, we touch on learning graphic design software from scratch, his struggles within design when he first started and how he now balances it alongside his passion for photography and video. We also touch upon how graphic design and our university experience allowed us to find like-minded people and grow as individuals. If you're nervous about becoming a graphic designer or unsure whether you want to go to university to learn design, I hope this episode offers some advice to you. If you're new to this podcast and enjoy what you see, please don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Now, without any more hesitation, let's jump into the interview. Hey Ollie, welcome to the Creatively Conscious Podcast. It's amazing to have you on as a guest today and I'm really looking forward to jumping into this one. Uh, I've known you for, what is it, almost, I think it's like four and a half years now um, when we met at university and I've wanted to get you on because of your kind of real lack of knowledge of design before going to university and kind of where you're at now. I feel like you've come along so far and I want to delve into that kind of experience that you had with it. Um, so for the sake of the audience, can you kind of talk us through your experience with design and your background as like a filmmaker first and where you are now kind of thing? Yeah, for sure. Um, first off, thank you for having me on here. Um, I think it's wicked that you got your own podcast. As you said, like we've known each other for ages and I've always known that it's like a dream of yours to to have your own podcast and be able to kind of put these messages out to people. So like, well done for you. Thank you for having me on here. Um, yeah, to answer your question, uh, we met in university yeah, four years ago, um, had no knowledge of design. Um, and that was probably like quite a big jump. I think that one of the reasons why I wanted to do that was because I'd been through the educational system. I'd already learned about photography and filmmaking. So it didn't make sense for me to go to university um, to study something that I already knew about. Like for me, you're spending like nine grand a year, like 30 grand over the whole, like the whole uh, experience of university. So why would I go to learn something that I already knew about. Um, with regard to kind of my journey, um, if you if you want a bit of context, I started as a photographer. Um, that just moved naturally into video because of the camera videos. So it was like let me play around with the settings on the on the camera and stuff. Um, really enjoyed like the video side of things and moving image. And then when it come to uh, deciding the career path and stuff, it was kind of like well a lot of the video and photography work goes into advertising, which is intrinsically linked with graphic design anyway. Like it comes mm -hmm. as like a whole package um, to do like advertising campaigns or marketing campaigns or, or whatever it might be. Um, so yeah, just thought I'd jump in and, and learn about graphic design. And it was a, a massive learning curve. Um, and like, thanks to Jacob, I think that it just sped up that learning curve massively. You know, like we met on the first day and and being friends with somebody who like was really competent with design software um, really, really did help me out. Yeah. And that's something I want to get into a little bit later in the podcast because, yeah, it was 
it was crazy how we kind of just met and um I don't want to say I, I kind of cat. I was yeah, like a catalyst, a catalyst to your kind of learning of oh, design. Oh, for sure, hundred yeah. percent. And um, so the first thing I wanted to kind of ask is, obviously you had you had no idea kind of what design really entailed, the process, um, being a creative in the kind of design sense, and what was kind of going through your head when you saw the opportunity to actually take a formal education into design. Um, did you feel any kind of did you feel worried or anxious about your inexperience? Oh, massively. Yeah, 100%. Like I knew that I was going into um, an area that I had no knowledge about. I obviously knew that there would be people on the course that that knew uh, a lot more about design from me. But I think, you know, from, from the off, for me, it was an opportunity to really learn from people. Um, like I personally love sharing my knowledge about uh, photography and video if anybody wants to ask about that sort of stuff like I'll happily talk to them for hours about it because it's what I love and I knew that yeah. there would be people in my class that were that were like that do you know what I mean yeah. um so yeah I, I would say like a lot of nerves I think you're nervous going into a situation like that anyway no matter what course it was going to be that was obviously only doubled by the um probably like those self-doubt thoughts that you get like oh am I going to be good enough like am I even going to like you know enjoy um doing what i'm doing you know all of that sort of thing um but also excited to to meet new people and, and just learn new skills really so yeah yeah because like like you said um you you've taught me quite a lot about videography um and obviously like at, at this point i am doing video like yeah. as part of what i'm actually like as part of one of my endeavors so having your experience that i've kind of picked up along the way and having just somebody to go to for that little bit of knowledge and advice um, rather than having to like research online, having someone that actually is knowledgeable and you can get that immediate kind of help from is very valuable. Um, do you think that obviously, cause there's probably a lot of young beginner designers that have, well, they want to be designers. They're all, they're almost so inexperienced that they wouldn't call themselves a designer at this point. But um, would you have any advice to somebody that was in your, position uh, like if you look back four years ago what would you say to your beginner self um, and kind of how would you advise someone going going into something as substantial as learning graphic design when they have no knowledge at all oh, that's a great question to be fair um, I think imposter syndrome is like a massive real thing mm. um, you, you mentioned there like you don't know if people would even call themselves designers like if they didn't know how to do it the bottom line is if you can jump on a piece of software and you can design something then like you are a designer in my eyes do you know what I mean it doesn't have mm. to particularly be graphic design um it could be like you know design stretches into so many different industries um but the tips that I would give is is basically just to find um like a group of people or a person that can almost be like a mentor to you Mm. Um, like you just mentioned with the video side of things it is exactly right like you know you can google anything you want to nowadays like with the with enough perseverance you can probably find out everything that you need to know on like youtube like google just the internet in general but having mm. someone 
having someone that you have uh, like a genuine connection with and that you can just ask a simple question and you know that they're not gonna they're not gonna think like oh like why is this person asking me such basic questions because they just want to pass on that knowledge do you know what i mean yeah so yeah that that would be what i'd say just like find a community or find um a mentor someone that's kind of like on the same wavelength as you that you can really like just gel with and, and get to know and, and you'll be surprised because there's probably things that like you can teach them as well do you know what i mean like the skills that it doesn't just go one way you know yeah so that, definitely that's it's what a two-way street yeah because yeah every, not everybody's knowledge is um equal and there's not one way of learning design almost so yeah there might be things that you can even teach someone that has way more experience like i have that when i'm at work as a web designer like i'll almost because they're so used to doing it and they know the process like the back of their hand and they almost wouldn't break that process i come in and i say why don't you try this and then they're like oh i wouldn't have thought about that mm-hmm. um, so actually just having someone's perspective from an outside coming in you actually quite you help each other learn new things yeah and definitely. um so would you say that when you obviously when you started you probably knew how daunting it was going to be and you were worried and overwhelmed with the whole situation but how much tougher was it to learn graphic design than you thought or was it a lot easier than you thought i think uh graphic design you know with any creative thing but graphic design in particular it can be split up into two different um like two different workflows you've got the conceptualization of ideas um so that's like the thinking behind everything that you're doing and then you've got the actual technicalities of getting that idea onto paper or onto the screen so that it looks good you know and there's there's two different things that you really have to learn i think um on the concept side of things, I was like, I was there. Um, I kind of like knew the type of stuff that I wanted to create. Like I knew what would work well. Um, and I, I kind of, um, could, if you could like do a sketch of the idea, like I, I could, I was there, do you know what I mean? But the technical side of things, I really wasn't. Um, yeah. like I thought going into it, graphic design was just Photoshop. But then when you really get into everything with graphic design, you've got like Illustrator, InDesign, um, Photoshop, probably a bit of Lightroom in there as well for editing pictures and stuff like that. Like, and that actually realizing that became way more daunting. Cause it was like, oh, I don't just have one piece of software to learn. <laughs> like I've got like 10, do you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. so many different pieces of software. Um, but, to, yeah, to bring it back to your question it was about tips right like people just getting into design no it was um how tough was it based on your Ah, expectation of it how how tough was it or how easy was it um when you actually jumped into it i think it's difficult because obviously everyone's experience isn't going to be the same like talking from from my end and based on what we've just said like i had i had you i had like our other friends like george and fergus like you know mm. people that were um familiar with the software and they could you know i could be like oh how do i do this and they just like show me so and because we had that like tight net and we were there like we were with, you, with each other five out of seven days a week mm. it was really easy um for me to kind of um, learn that process and like learn you know what was going on I can imagine that from somebody who wasn't in like um, a community like that essentially what we had was a little community um, it would yeah. be a lot tougher because you'd have to figure everything out on your own rather than just being able to ask someone um, yes. but yeah from my experience I think it was difficult I still have my challenges with Photoshop nowadays it's it's uh, one of those pieces of software that you know, it can be fantastic, but it can also be like a real pain in the ass as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd say like because of the help and support that I had from from you guys, it, it wasn't as bad as what I thought it would be. Because mm, this is this is what I always say to people that um, want to be self-taught 
and they think, oh, you know, you can learn anything online. Like there's no point of paying £9,000 a year to go to university. And my argument is always, you've got people around you who, who can actually give you knowledge and they can help you and support you. Um, and you also, yeah, make a little community of people that you kind of, you got each other's backs. Like one person will know something that can help the other three, or it, let's say you're in a group of four, like we were. And yeah, it, it really is a huge benefit um, and something that, yeah, if you're self-taught, you, you never experience. And that hugely, yeah, catalyzed my learning of it. You've got people that, well, this this is what's important. If you're if you're going to university for design, make sure that you have people that are going to give you honest feedback, because we've seen it so many times. Like people, we didn't really care about that much. <laughs> we'd be sat in critique sessions and we'd be like, "Oh yeah, looks good, looks good." Just like because you're like, "Yeah, let's get to, let's get to me now." Like where where's my value coming in? <laughs> Where it's like when you've got someone that you actually like and you've got like a close knit group of people, um, and you're you feel fine that you know them enough to be honest with them, make sure that you are because that's the way people can learn the quickest. I think if you just tell them, you know, your idea is shit, you need to, <laughs> you need to get better and like, hit, but then also don't just say that also you need to ask, Oh no, you need to offer advice in, in a constructive way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, cause that was one of my questions here uh, was how important was learning from your peers and you, do you attribute, attribute your success in your degree to those around you? Yeah, massively. I think like a hundred percent. The the thing with um, the thing with what we had was like I, I remember like constantly saying to Jacob like whenever we'd um, like do like a little little like mini critique or something like within our group, mm. it was like I'm never gonna sit here and tell you it's good. Like you know it's good. Do you know what I mean? Like that's not gonna yeah, help. Always. You know, um, as long as uh, you have a close enough relationship or kind of a transparent relationship with the people around you. And you're not going to feel like personally attacked when they start like picking apart your work. You know, it's only going to make your work better. So really try not to get that kind of like that personal attachment like to your work, because mm. ultimately, like if you're confident in your abilities, you know, your work's good. You don't need the you don't need validation from your peers to say like, oh, it's really good. Like, you know, I wouldn't change anything that, you know, when it gets to a point, it is like that. But mm in those kind of initial stages you need to be constantly looking at even like the micro details of what you can improve in your work 100 percent. i really agree with that I'm, I'm really a little bit annoyed <laughs> you stopped talking there because i was in middle of a of a burp but, but yeah um 100 what you just said was fantastic um not having that personal attachment to your design and being yeah being so detached that when someone says something you're not going to get offended um and that there's a lot of the process within university is critique sessions and you have to be confident enough in the work you've done but also um you know not too fragile of a person to really you know if someone says something negative about your work that it's not going to turn you internal internally destructive and be like oh i'm so bad at this like you need to at least need to have confidence in your own ability um massively and i think we saw definitely the people that didn't go to those critique sessions um didn't gain all of the potential that they could have from university yeah, yeah definitely i think like you at the end of the day <clears throat> excuse me you're getting out of it what you put in you know mm. um if you're going to pay nine thousand pound a year to sit in your uni dorm like you know all day and not do anything like what's the point do you know what i mean yeah like you may as well just be at home not paying nine grand because nine grand's a lot of money i know that like 
you never see it but I think if people like when you first started uni if there was like a briefcase in front of you with like 30 grand and it was just like this is how much this experience is going to cost mm. like a lot of people would turn away um yeah. so in my mind and I know like in all of our minds it was just like let's get the most out of it like <clears throat> most days we were in at nine we were leaving at seven do you know what I mean like it was it was like a mission that we were all on some some days we weren't obviously but like it was a mission that we were all on to get the most out of the experience that we possibly could like or could within our um, yeah. like within our group and, and like with the lectures and stuff like that but yeah you 100% see the see the difference like when the years progress because those people that are like you know attentive and sat at the front of the class and getting in early are the people that one the lecturers want to give them mo like most of their time to and two, they're improving more than anybody else, even more than like some of the people that, you know, you see like certain groups where it's like, uh, oh, what do you think of this? Like, yeah, it's really good, babes. Do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't, <laughs> yeah. you just don't get, you know, you don't get the same thing out of it just because they're trying not to like hurt their friend's feelings. And that's like really good. You shouldn't try and hurt your friend's feelings. But, mm. you know, you have to also be aware that, you know, like what would you want from them? Like, would you want them to just tell you your work's good for a little ego boost? Or would you want to actually improve your work and then know in yourself that your work is constantly improving? So it's just it's just like that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Right, so the thing that I am very proud of you, um, knowing how far you've come, is the complexity that is and the overwhelm that comes with design software. And we spoke about it a little bit uh, earlier on. So what is your advice for someone that has no technical knowledge within design? Oh, no technical knowledge within design. I would say, uh, similar to my answer um, before, like get yourself a community, get yourself um, like a community or a mentor, somebody that you can have that like one-on-one -on -one contact with and you know mm. that like you, you're going to be able to go to them with what you might think is like the stupidest of questions, but they might be like, oh no, like it's, you know, everybody, everybody has like these issues. Um, I would say that, uh, e-learning software is fantastic as well like you can go onto YouTube and pretty much learn like most of the things you need to learn um, I would say the best way to do that is to um, actually create stuff so like don't just watch the videos where it's like I'm going to explain what every single tool in Photoshop does like you yeah. need that um, you need that like kinesthetic experience with like oh like I use this tool to do this and like this is what it does and then your mind will be able to see like I could use it for this and this and this and this do you know what I mean? Um, like all of those different things like what massively helped me was you know I do my uni work and, and like I would talk to you guys but I'd also go home and I'd watch like I'd watch like um, walk through tutorials of like how to create this piece you know how to like create something that looks like this and that really helped yeah. because it just allowed me to see like like I just said what the tools actually do um, and kind of how they can be used in a real world aspect rather than just saying like oh the the shape builder tool allows you to to like put two shapes together. It was like, oh, that doesn't really make sense. But like the shape builder tool yeah. can allow you to like uh, make, you know, these specific shapes that you wouldn't be able to otherwise. And it's like, oh, okay, like I get it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, because I remember, I think it was in first year, you kind of, yeah, you went away for the weekend and we came back on a Monday morning and reconnected and, and you were like, look what I've made. Like, yeah, <laughs> and it was yeah. just this illustration that like, that you'd clearly like just watched a YouTube tutorial and like followed it step by step. But like, things like that and being able to create something that yeah someone else has already created it but it's helping you to learn 
Yeah, um, and you're proud of the thing fantastic. that you made as well. Like even yeah. though somebody else made it, you know, and it was like their it was like their inspiration from a from a um, a starting point in design to go from like you know not having any knowledge of like Illustrator to then coming in on Monday morning and be able to show your friends like uh, a quite a, like a good quality digital illustration that you'd made. Yeah. It was like it it filled you with confidence as well. Do you know what I mean? Because you knew what you were looking at was like oh that's decent. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and then you can adapt it and take it forward in the future. And, you know, if you if you wanted to change the subject matter or something that you can, and then you know that that technique, you've got it in your library of, of resources almost. And you yeah. know that in the future, if you want to create an illustration that looked pretty similar or, you know, looked a little bit different, you would actually have the technical skills to be able to do it. And that's what you'd learn from just copying a YouTube video. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's fantastic advice for people. Um, cause yeah, it is very difficult, especially when you, like we were just talking a second ago before we recorded the, the podcast and I use audacity to record audio, but I was telling Ollie that, yeah, I've got uh, Adobe audition available to me, but I opened it and I literally had no idea what I was doing. I didn't even know how, well, I probably could press record, but I didn't know like how the editing and stuff of it worked and things like that. So yeah, opening a piece of software that you've never seen before is massively daunting mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, if you can if you can have people that have a little bit more knowledge than you or you can watch YouTube videos to kind of teach you step by step and learn incremental things along the way, because you'll never know um, Photoshop like the back of your hand. You'll never know what every single thing does because um, we had we had a uh, little modules within our degree that um, you could learn Illustrator or you could learn uh, InDesign or Photoshop and you have a test at the end. And it's like, yeah, fair enough. They, they're they asking for you to make something using specific steps. But especially with Photoshop, there's so many different ways to actually create something. Yeah. Um, so it's an ever, you know, it, you never complete Photoshop, if that makes no. sense. No. <laughs> There'll always be different ways to do things. Yeah, 100%. So from you, I want to know what your favorite memory of our university experience was. And depending on how deep you go into it and the level of detail that you give <laughs> might have to cut it but yeah <laughs> no it's fine i won't say anything i won't say Definitely. anything uh, anything 18 rated um uh, well there's a lot of different things <laughs> i could say for like my favorite experience um mm. i would say like i don't want to pick out like one particular experience because there's just so many and like how could you how could you quantify like all of those experiences but if like people were thinking like what are they going to get out of university for one it's like friends for life like 100 percent, you know like you you guys and like the group that we have are like some of my closest friends and like whenever we meet up it's literally like we met up yesterday and it could have been like months you know with covid and everything like it, it's kind of pushed us all online but it literally feels like we were just there yesterday um i would also say like it gives you um, a chance to really meet people because it's so specific like the actual courses that you do like all the way through school you have like you know you pick your subjects and stuff but like university you pick one subject that everyone's interested in and so everybody on that course has like a common um like a common interest so it really allows you to connect with them on like a deeper level because sometimes like you can you know you can be talking to people about graphic design and they're like oh yeah like you just make logos and stuff like that but you mm. know when you really like get into it with people that also want to get into it with you like you have some amazing conversations so i would say like my favorite experience or my yeah my favorite part of like going to university and having that experience was 
you know sometimes like those really deep drop-ins that we got into like you know it could it could have just been like us as a group like going for a pint or you know like there was constantly just like a deeper level of conversation that you don't really get with like just having a chat with like normal people um and that's really um like that's really validating to be able to go in like go into those kind of um deeper chats and and have those experiences yeah yeah because i remember um in my first year you kind of you move into a house with people that you don't know at all and you're you're from loads of different backgrounds and you're all studying different um degrees so there's not really like a level of um commonality that you kind of just spoke about then and like this is this is the case for our university but in in second year you go and you pick a to pick to move into a house with people that you are friends with and us boys we just instantly clicked and gelled and it was like a couple of months after university started and because we had that commonality of graphic design and we like got to know each other so quickly and and uh, so deeply we knew you know these are the boys that we're going to move into in into our second year house with and um it was almost like we had that kind of brotherhood very very early on and there was people that I was living in with in the house that I was living in first year with these kind of random people that are like, how do you have that connection already? And um, it's because we actually were in the university building all the time. Mm -hmm. We sat with each other every single day. And, you know, most people that go to university, you can kind of do, like, there's some courses you can do online. You don't really have to go in every day. Um, and because we had to go into the studio and have these sessions, I think we really form that strong bond because of it 100% I agree I think like I, I definitely remember people saying that to us like how are you guys so close already or like you know you guys seem so close like you know and and it's just down to that thing like when you find a community of people that can have those you know those levels of conversations that we had and like just chats about stuff that you're interested in like you'll naturally just drop in with those people do you know what I mean mm. <laughs> so this is something I wanted to ask you because you are the, probably the person that has been with me the most over the last four years. Um, we spent pretty much every day of university together. And um, yeah, like you said before, like eight eight to 10 hour kind of days. And the audience probably want to know something about me that no one would, would have known. So are you able to tell the audience what I'm actually like in real life? Yeah, for sure. I think that's, that, yeah, that is such a good question. And, and I can see like the audience would um, would want to, get like get behind kind of like what you see on camera because I see like you know the reels that you post and like the um the podcast episodes and stuff like that and obviously you know you have to kind of um gel your personality a little bit to be able to fit in with those different mediums like they require a different version of you um yeah but yeah when you really kind of um when you spend time with someone you, you really get to know like who they are I think something that the audience wouldn't know I don't know I think you've the first thing that springs to mind would be like Jacob is like just how do I say this without swearing <laughs> Jacob doesn't care what anybody thinks about like what he's doing so he's posted like a couple different dance clips on his on like you know I don't know what I'm saying his on your story like you've yeah. posted stuff like that and I think like people are really starting to like see that side of you that that we see like you know it could literally be like eight o'clock in the morning he's just jumped out of bed and he's banging on like house music and really like giving it some in his like uni dorm and stuff like that or just the fact that like we went out 
you know, we went out to clubs and bars and stuff so many times and sometimes Jacob would just be there completely sober because he had to go to work the next day and didn't want to have a hangover. But he's still busting the moves like he's like 20 shots in. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I would say that's that's probably the thing that the audience, you know, that the audience wouldn't see so much because you put so much effort into like how you come across um, in the podcast and in the reels and in your stories and stuff. But mm. he honestly does not care what like anyone thinks about kind of like what he's doing if he's having fun and his friends are having fun then like you're happy do you know what i mean so that's that's what i would say yeah that's a fantastic answer that, that is me to a t really just enthusiastic and yeah not really caring uh what people's thoughts of me are and uh it's not going to restrict my actions almost yeah exactly yeah. exactly because i think that i think that's so important in life really because you know i wouldn't have started this podcast i wouldn't have made my design page if I cared about what people thought and that's that's such a big barrier for people to cross um because I've spoken about it before and here it's like pressing record I mean just sat in your bedroom is, is scary enough but then uploading that onto the internet for everyone to see is a, is a completely different thing um so in in reference to Instagram because we haven't really spoken about that too much in here because you're not um part of that kind of community um people that are on Instagram and trying to do something a little bit different uh, that their friends might find embarrassing or silly or cringy like take a little bit from my <laughs> personal um, you know from my personality and don't care about what people are going to think about you because it really just limits you at the end of the day and you don't want to go through your life I spoke about it on a story the other day um, the one thing the only thing you'll regret is not taking action and doing something that you've always wanted to do. hundred percent. So. Well, that's the thing, like, you know, it's, it's tough in the digital world, in the digital space to be able to kind of like grow um, as a creator in a community. Like for one, the algorithms are just trying to like absolutely just destroy content creators at the moment, in my opinion, like the way that they've changed the algorithm really doesn't suit, you know, it suits like uh, quick reels. It suits like memes. It suits like funny videos. It doesn't suit the um, the people who spend literally hours trying to curate their and and create their content like with real thought in mind for for people like that. But mm. you know, even if you even if you do um, try and start something and it doesn't go so well and you don't and it doesn't you know it doesn't do exactly what you wanted it to do. It's, you've still created something you've still like mm. put your heart into something and you've probably learned a lot of stuff along the way like you as a designer Jacob have probably come so far since um you know since you started Instagram like your workflow and everything like you, you definitely would have improved like I know it would have improved so you've still got that to take away from it like don't just base the value of what you're doing on the amount of likes you get the amount of followers you get the amount of reach that you get because there's so much more that you can get out of that experience that people don't seem to like don't seem to want to um, acknowledge yeah no i agree with that 100 percent. building those habits of posting daily and things like that and um that's something i want to get on with onto you with you soon but um yeah just things that you things that aren't really technical things that you might learn with design but being creative all the time putting out content having that um A way to express yourself mm. um they're they're good things that you can train yourself to do because yeah like i'm at a point where i sit down and i 
the idea just comes to me straight away. Whereas at the start, it was so difficult. So just training myself in different ways, not not caring about how many likes I'm going to get or how much reach it's going to get. They're the important things about when you're actually starting to produce content, yeah. I think. A hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. So what is your relationship with design now? Uh, after never doing it before, have you fallen in love with the process or is photography and videography still your number one? I think... Photography and video um, was my first creative love. Like, if you want to put it like that, do you know what I mean? Like, it was the first thing that I, like, could... Um, it was, like, a medium for self-expression. Um, mm. And, you know, I think that uh, pictures and, and video are so powerful. Like, they were so powerful. They're even more powerful now. Um, video more than pictures. But, you know, like that kind of remains to be seen. But mm. to answer your question with um, design, um, for people that don't know, I haven't like spoken about it on this episode. Like I run my own um, creative agency, um, White Space Collective. Feel free to check it out if you want to. Um, basically, that is like a full service agency. So it offers um, uh, corporate and commercial clients, um, photography, video, graphic design, web design, um, basically all the digital mediums. Um, and... Uh, Photography and video will always be the thing that I prefer doing. I'm like a camera geek through and through. I love these things. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like you can tell by the the episode that we're recording now. Um, it's just like something that I really love, but I can appreciate the um, the need for graphic design. I can appreciate the role that it plays in society. Um, whether mm. I agree with it or not, it's a completely different thing. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, ultimately, I think that good design, like good pictures and good video can change the world. It just depends on how you use it. Um, commercial graphic design is not my uh, most favorite thing to do. I mm. find it quite uh, stark and, and uh, not boring, but not as engaging um, as kind of commercial photography and, and video work. Um, but yeah, I think that, that I did fall in love with graphic design to a point, you know, like because I could yeah. understand the value and the... Um, and the authority that graphic design could have in our world. You know, everything is graphic design, you know? Mm. Mm. Being able to communicate a message, I think you probably learned that yeah. very well from our, and, from the course and whatever. Yeah, and it helped with the photography and video side of things as well, you know? Gave you more of a, like, like you spoke about before, like the conceptual thinking about why you're doing something yeah. probably comes into your photography and video, video more now. You're thinking, oh, like, why am I shooting from this angle? What is this saying? Like, you know, yeah. all those different things. A hundred percent. I think that like graphic design, if you, if you take it from a process, goes from like an idea in your head to a blank piece of paper, which you then begin to fill in. And then you go onto the computer and you have a blank artboard and then you begin to fill that in. So mm. like... If with photography and video the subject is already there like it's it's very easy because you know you're somewhat being informed by what's going on but graphic design is an entirely self-generated process um mm. and ultimately like learning about that process and learning how to go from here to like a, a like a printed poster let's say or you know like something you know like some kind of uh, advertising campaign or something like that was a great process to be able to really hone in that conceptual um thinking and the, and the problem solving that comes along with it as well yeah it's also it's very interesting how you um you did mention white space collective because that was my next thing because um i wanted to see how heavy design is on that kind of like you say you do video photography design but like at what how is it weighted like mm. do your clients want more design work or do they want more photography work how does that work so i think that like it 
it's a difficult question to answer because we're in the midst of a global pandemic. Um, so, uh, you know, the photography and video side of things, like technically it's allowed to happen, like um, because it's, it's, it's not essential work, but it's work that, <clears throat> excuse me, can't be done from home. Yeah. So for clients that are okay with it, I do like, I can still go into their businesses. I can still um, take video. I can still do uh, photos and stuff like that. But my point about the pandemic is I've had to adapt the business to be um, to be more uh, suited to home working and naturally graphic design and web design. Like it's just, it, it, it works for that sort of stuff because I can just have like a Zoom call with a client and then jump straight into you know, building their website or kind of like designing, you know, their social media campaigns and that sort of stuff. Um, I'd say in terms of the weight nowadays, um, video is massive. Like video is, um, I did some some research on it the other day because I was, I was filming for um, some social media content and um, up to 50% of the um, digital media consumed online nowadays is video content. Like if you look at, um, even you know you from a uh, Instagram design Instagram point of view, video mm. is probably making up a, a, about fifty percent of the content that you're putting out there. So naturally, yeah. um, the clients uh, that I work with are kind of like kind of going into that space a bit more um, and like trying to kind of work out how video will work for their business um, and what they're doing. So I would say that right now in terms of the weight of um i'm going to group web design and graphic design together because it's it's a it's a similar um yeah. discipline and then photography and video are grouped together i'd probably say that i'm probably doing about 60 40 um design work 60 video and photo work 40 but that's purely just because of the global situation that we're living in at the moment like us in the uk yeah. we're still we're in um a national lockdown hopefully about to come out of it sometime soon um, mm. and kind of, you know, getting into the summer and that sort of thing. Um, I would say in a conventional, like in the normal world where a pandemic isn't a thing, I would probably be doing more video work than design work. Um, but <clears throat> nowadays it just works itself into it because you need to know how to be able to like create thumbnails. You need to know how to um, put subtitles on the videos. You need to know how to um, properly structure a content strategy around kind of like your brand and how it's going to look and feel and how the customer is going to interact with it. That's all graphic design conceptual thinking. And then the video comes in as the uh, informational source because people are lazy and they just want to watch video rather than read something nowadays. Like that's kind of it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's very a good thorough explanation of what you do and why you do it. That no, that's fantastic. So what I wanted to take away from your knowledge on video, um, because there's a lot of people that watching this have a social media page and they're trying to promote their own graphic design services through social media and you said like 50% of what people are what uh, are consuming nowadays is video um, have you got any tips for people that are trying to create engaging high quality uh, video content yeah for sure I think like, I get asked this question all the time um, because of just the nature of what I do um, video is like it can be so technical like it can go to levels that you know I even do you find hard to understand mm. or it can be super simple like there's you've got to enjoy what you're doing um for a start you've got to enjoy the process don't just put video out there because you think it's what people want to see like it is what people want to see nowadays but if it doesn't work for you then it's just not going to come through like on camera mm. um 
the biggest misconception with video work as a whole is that you need to buy like an expensive camera, an expensive lens, lighting, audio, everything like that. Like it's it's just bollocks. You know what I mean? Like mm. good video content can be created simply from your phone. Like they take amazing quality videos nowadays. If you get in front of a big window and you can sit there and you know your audio is is like crisp it doesn't need to be the best like as long as it's just good quality and the lighting is good quality which you can get from the sun like it's amazing yeah. um then a phone is is like more than capable of doing what you want it to do um with regard to being on camera it's a super uncomfortable thing to do um like i'm used to it now you're probably used to it now like but when you first try and get into doing video work putting pressing that record button is horrible like and you just find like you get a frog in your throat you, you know everything like cracks up and you know yeah. like you, you get dry mouth everything like that so really just get comfortable being in front of the camera whilst it's recording like it doesn't have to go anywhere just when you're recording it you can record as many times as you want like don't feel like there's this overwhelming pressure to um, be like perfect on camera because you can do it as much as you want to but just get comfortable in front of it do you know what I mean like and treat it like you know like your audience you know like if I if I want to talk to my audience and I need to make sure like I look at the camera <clears throat> see my voice cracked up there like it's horrible um, <laughs> but yeah you need to like look at the camera you need to like open your eyes not blink too much not talk too fast and just really kind of um, for the first I don't know for like your first couple of videos like no one's really gonna it's not gonna make a huge impact no one's really gonna like see it and it's gonna go like viral like memes do do you know what i mean just mm. kind of get used to to putting yourself out there and getting your work out there and naturally i think that your personality will just come through um but yeah i like that that's like the biggest tips that i give on video is just like don't get consumed with all the youtubers saying like you need like this camera that costs three grand and the microphone that costs 500 pounds and the lights that cost a grand like you don't you know, like that can be something that you can work towards and that could be a goal of yours if you want to start pushing it. But, yeah. you know, just start off small because you don't even know if you're going to enjoy it. And there's no point buying a like three grand camera to then be like, oh, I'm not actually enjoying doing these videos, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's something that I've definitely seen in myself because you've told me this before, don't invest if you're not 100% committed. And like you said, you're now in the kind of black hole of buying equipment which is yeah. so expensive and um i can see in my own content when i first did video content i was just using my phone um and you know like like you said the quality was enough but um to be able to look back to what it was and to look at it now god it's like it really impressive and that's something that i'm very proud of in my own work and yeah. to be able to do that like you don't need to be producing this cinematic video on your first attempt like you can work your way up make small incremental changes into your setup and you will see the difference there's, there's a lot of different like i've seen from my research in, in videography uh, and video kind of setup on youtube there's people making home made stuff mm. that kind of does as well as um there was like this one lighting rig that's like what like a grand and um, this guy basically just made like a alternative version, which he just used like a couple of things from around his house and like a bed sheet or something. And uh, yeah, it, ma it makes the world a difference. Um, obviously like the, the high quality and expensive stuff is worth it. And that's the whole point of, of why it is that expensive. But um, yeah, like Ollie said, definitely just start and mm. uh, you, you'll get better over time. 
Yeah, for sure. And I'd say like, if you're really, really wanting to invest, if, you, if you're like hell bent on like, I want to put some money into some video gear, don't look at the camera and the lens first, like get good quality lighting and get good quality audio because those are the two things that are going to stick out. Like I could be recording on this camera now, but if I turn the light off and I take my mic off, it's going to look shit and sound shit. Mm. So consequently, it can look you know the actual image can look as crispy as you want with like the nice blurred background and everything going on but if it doesn't sound right and if your lighting isn't right it's people are just going to click off anyway do you know what i mean so yeah. if you really 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 want to invest in some um in some good quality stuff like jacob's got uh, a light and like i know you bought like um a light for your setup and you've got the microphone and like those two things will really really help with like retaining viewers because it just it, it's it's a more pleasing experience to watch do you know what i mean yeah i haven't got the most um incredible setup i've got a little ring light here uh, for people watching the video and i've got this really bright light in my eyes that i've just looked at <laughs> and i'm regretting now but um yeah and that's just two things that i think that might have cost me like 70 pounds yeah. Uh, and obviously the microphone is a bit more of an expensive investment, um, but still not huge. That was like £100 itself. Um, I was quite fortunate that over time I've collated these different pieces of equipment that I'm now bringing in because um, I bought this a couple of years ago. I have my, I've had my camera for like five years. Mm. Um, you'll never know what you can find around the house. Like even if you, your parents have just got like a camcorder that they, they've had for years when you used to go on like holidays and stuff, like pick it up and just just use it. Like yeah. if it's... If it's um, going to work with your current setup and just use it um so something that i wanted to get into and we i hinted at it earlier in, in the episode was that for 2021 you took on a photography challenge for I yourself did. and um, if you guys want to have a look at ollie's photography um you can have a look at his instagram it's oliver gt underscore white house so Indeed. do you want to talk on that a little bit uh, yeah, I can do. So um, basically, I was sat uh, downstairs on, uh, I think it was Christmas Eve or Christmas night. I was kind of just like looking into the fire, just a little bit tipsy. And this kind of like, this download just like hit me. And it was just like, post on Instagram every single day. And it was almost like I took inspiration from Jacob because on um, when we was in first year, he posted a piece of design work on Instagram every single day. And I saw how like his growth as a, as a creator, like you just became so much more efficient after doing that as a, mm. like, as a process. Um, and for me, one of the biggest things was like, since going professional in my, um, like in my creative space, so with photography in, in um, specifics, it had turned from a passion and like I'd take my camera out because that's what I'd love to do. And like I'd come home and I edit the pictures because that's what I love to do. And just like that innocence in creating just for the sake of creating, but mm. it kind of turned into this situation where I would only get my camera out if I was getting paid for the job. I would only be editing pictures if you know I was getting paid to edit them. And it just turned a passion into something that was just not the most fulfilling thing to do in the world so i wanted to yeah. get back that um like that thing with photography where like i you know it's it's a sunny day outside like i really want to just go and take pictures because i like taking pictures do you know what i mean not because mm. i was getting paid for it um so yeah the idea of posting every single day on instagram it was a fantastic idea at the start like when i was <laughs> like oh yeah 365 photos that's not too bad like do you know what i mean but then yeah. when you really get into it it's like a daily grind to be able to because i hold my work to quite a high standard i wouldn't want to post anything 
um, that I feel is like subpar. Mm. Um, so, you know, a couple of days you have photos that you have to post just because you're not so excited about them and you haven't really got anything else like in the backlog. But one thing I will add is that I set myself the challenge, yes, and I've got a plethora of images from, you know, 2020, um, like 2019, just since I've been taking pictures, I've got so many pictures, but I didn't want to... Um, I didn't want to use them. I wanted all the pictures that I was going to like post in this channel uh, or sorry, in this challenge to be um, like pictures that I taken this year, bar like the one or two that I posted at the start of the year, but that was like just before. Um, yes. So <clears throat> where was I going with this? Basically um, it's, yeah, it's just like a daily grind of kind of, you know, if the weather's nice, like I run out with my camera, I know the spots that are good. And now that spring's happening, it's just so much more visually appealing. Like in winter, everything's like dead or kind of like, just not really, um, like not really looking very visually appealing. You can get some good stuff with the sun, but other than that, but now everything's starting to come out. It's like, really, it's taken the photography to the next level because there's so much mm. more life in the picture. Um, and if you look through the feed, you can kind of see like it transitions now from winter to spring. And it's kind of like, I love spring because everything comes to life again, you know? Yeah. That, Cause what you met, what you're talking about is like the transition as you do it for like every single day in a year. Like I found that, you know, some days are a lot easier to do it and some days are a lot harder and you'll find different internal kind of struggles that you have uh, and also external struggles. Obviously yours, I could kind of sit in my laptop and just create whatever I wanted, uh, just take an image and put some text on it and it was relatively quite simple. Yeah. You have the environment to hold accountable <laughs> if, yeah. if your kind of photography is not up to par um, and it can be very frustrating for that. So I think where i was going with this was that you know it kind of ebbs and flows some day some days it'll be really easy and some days it'll be really challenging so if you guys are wanting to be consistent with what you're posting on social media um taking it back to kind of the audience you know things are going to not always go to plan um however if you if you hold yourself accountable and if you want to actually do the challenge and get the most amount of results out of it you know keep going keep trying and um yeah you'll just enjoy the process if you do that um so no i think it's fantastic you've been doing this photography challenge um i really enjoy looking at your photography because often i don't even get a chance to see it um so it's quite nice and like you said um there's a difference between a, being a commercial photographer or commercial designer and actually doing it because it's a hobby mm. um, and you can definitely see your passion coming back through when you talk about your photography now whereas yeah. i think like it faded into the background a little bit and it was kind of a kind of a thing that you had to do not that you wanted to do yeah exactly i think <clears throat> like i don't mind if if it's a um if it's like a commercial job where i'm photographing somebody like portrait photography and i can get that kind of interaction with the people like that's fun i enjoy that but product photography um and kind of just taking photos of like you know like still life stuff um just in like this stark very um kind of uh what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, it's like a created environment, like, you know, with the perfect lighting and the perfect background. Artificial. And, yeah, artificial, mm. exactly. Um, but whereas like when you go out and you take photos of still life, like you said, you, you're kind of dealing with the weather, you're dealing with the um, the wind, how something looks, the position of the sun, kind of all of these different things that are kind of just feeding into that. Um, and I remember like the first time that I went out in um, December to kind of take some pictures for the challenge. It was just so refreshing to you know, be out on a walk in nature, just like on my own, 
no time limit on it. It was just like, I could just take my camera and I just get absorbed through the viewfinder and just like finding those compositions and finding that, you know, finding the, um, the f photography that really excites me and, and kind of, you know, like I want to keep doing. Um, but as yeah. a, as a note, I've actually lost followers since I've started this challenge. So that's the thing for, for everybody. If you're thinking about posting every single day, mm. um, you know, do it for the right reasons. Don't do it because you want to get followers. Don't do it because you want to get likes. Don't do it because, you know, you're trying to um, increase your kind of um, like people's perception of you and stuff. Just do it for you. Because if I, if I, was, if I was only doing this for likes or comments or, or shares and that sort of thing, I would have stopped a long time ago because the following mm. count's gone down. The likes have gone down. Like, I think the algorithm is has a part to play in that but you know you have to have the right reasons for doing it you know and i'm in too deep now like what are we in we're in march <laughs> so yeah like i think i'm i think i'm 60 i think it's like 65 or something like that you know so i can, I can yeah, tell you so. right now let's have a look <clears throat> honestly guys you need to check out ollie's photography it's really really good thank you brother appreciate it that. deserves a lot more of an audience than he has 64 so 65 days today yeah so and that that recent one is really nice with that daffodil what was that the daffodil one that you posted yesterday oh really yeah nice thank you man yeah it's, it's just the springtime and things are things are coming to life i think that you know it's kind of everyone's had in the uk like i can't speak for other parts of the world but in the in the uk it's been like quite a hard winter mm. it's been cold and we've been on lockdown and you couldn't do anything <laughs> like um everything like that so you know, to, to have the sun coming out, it's a bit warmer, you know, the flowers are starting to bloom and the trees are getting a bit more life on them and stuff. Like, it's just so nice to see. Um, and I want to reflect that through the through my photography because spring is my favorite time of year, purely for that reason. You know, yeah. like things come back to life and they kind of, you know, in the cycle of, of our seasons, it's kind of like you, you bed down in winter and you kind of, you know, you spend that time just working on yourself and springtime is the time where kind of you can come out and and kind of be a bit more creative and and kind of like let the ideas flow a bit more you know um so yeah i'm just trying to represent that especially in this season mm, nice well that kind of flows very nicely into my next question so you are very self-aware and that's been something that i found very important in myself and in other people i think self-awareness is one of the largest things that we can have um and you've helped me develop in myself a, a lot over the years. What's one thing that really changed the way you see, uh, or how you see the world or how you see yourself? Is there anything internally that really changed and made you more happier or like, you know, content with yourself? Uh, well, that's a deep one. Um, mm. There's, yeah, there's so many different answers that I could give um, to this question. Um, the thing that I suppose is like the biggest thing uh, for me is was the fundamental understanding that like everything is energy. So, you know, whether you're looking at kind of um, whether you're looking at like a human or you're looking like all the way down to like, let's say like a rock. Do you know what I mean? Like everything is, is a certain makeup of the same energy, like and it's vibrating on that different frequency and like mm. the classic saying when you walk into a room and it doesn't feel right, it's like the vibes off. So well, why do we say the vibe? It's like the vibration. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's it's the it, the energy that you're feeling like from the room. It can be really good or it can be really bad. And I think that one thing that um, helped me to become uh, happiness is a difficult thing to um, to quantify. But like mm. 
you know, just being able to kind of spread that energy and kind of like pick people up or um, kind of like influence their vibe in like a positive way through your vibe. It's kind of like, you know, you get, you know, you get back what you, what you give out for that sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. one of the biggest things I would say is just kind of, you know, everyone's going to have off days, but if you can spend your time kind of, um, you know, bringing, bringing people up and kind of, working from a place of um of like love within people and just wanting to see people be the best versions of themselves that they can then you know that's ultimately just going to make you feel better you know um like when you do a good thing for the for you know you might be like helping someone with their shopping or you might be like opening a door for someone or you know just asking people how they are like genuinely asking them how they are and telling them to have a good day like it makes you feel good inside 100 percent um yeah. i think if everybody kind of just took that on um and just realize that in by working from a place of love and a place of service and genuinely caring about people it just fills your cup up even more do you know what i mean yeah um but also you know understanding and being self-aware and knowing like what you need when you don't feel 100 percent like is a massive thing as well you know um like really listening to yourself and kind of understanding and setting boundaries so that's one thing that i've like learned more recently is just like set boundaries with certain things and like if it's not working for you it's not working for you you need to step back and, and kind of just assess it you know Mm, that's a wonderful answer i really like that thanks man <laughs> and yeah it's true like people think oh the more i give out the less i've got for myself almost whereas that's not true like we yeah we get what we put out and um 100 but it also really depends nice. on what type of person you are like you really i think the whole journey into self-awareness is called self-awareness for a reason like you have to be aware of your needs and put those first because if you can't if you can't meet your own needs and then you're trying to meet other people's needs, how is that ever going to work? Do you know what I mean? If you don't even know how to meet your own, how are you, how are you ever going to be able to give somebody else what they need in a particular time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good addition. So we share a lot of similar perspectives on things and uh, that's probably how we grew so close in a short space of time. And one of those things is the positive mindset that you're talking about and being present in the moment. I think you would agree. So I don't know if you wanted to speak on that a little bit, being present and mindful and, and what that is in your personal experience. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, there's like a really good quote. I, I can't recite it like word for word, but it basically goes like people that live in the past or people that look to the past are genuinely more depressed. And then people that look to the future are genuinely more anxious. So hmm. there's a, like there's a balance in the middle and that's like the present moment because ultimately you don't know what's going to happen in in the future and you can't do anything about what's happened in the past like they're completely out of your control so you know all you can do is control how you feel and um your kind of your uh, state of present awareness um so really uh if i was to kind of speak on that subject uh kind of a little bit more it would just be in the sense that having more presence and more awareness within your day-to-day -day life is going to allow you to notice those things that you might not have noticed um if you were thinking about the future or thinking about the past like if i'm going yeah. to bring it back to um like a photography point of view like 
and it's really helped kind of like going out and taking more pictures in nature and that sort of thing but I'm just so much more um, present when I'm there and I can notice things like that are happening and I wouldn't have any kind of if you think about your brain as like a hard drive if you're constantly filling up with you know things from the future or things from the past how are you ever going to have space to notice you know those little things that do bring you joy in like the day-to-day do you know what I mean um, so yeah, the, the mindfulness and the, and the presence is, is purely just bringing it back to the being in that state of kind of, um, that kind of, you just enjoy like what's going on in the present moment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to clip that cause that was fantastic. I, <laughs> I could just see that being like a little, little Instagram <laughs> post. Um, cool. yeah, that's fantastic. And something, one of the quotes that I really pick out for being present is this too shall pass so like whether it's something that's really good um if it's going to pass you need to kind of be gratitude like have some gratitude towards it like it's happening right now and you've got to be joyous in the moment and if it's been if it's something like anxiety if it's something bad this too shall pass and that gives you just a little bit more awareness that you know things aren't always going to be bad and like it'll it'll, it'll pass you know yeah yeah well i think it's interesting um like speaking to that sense of like if something's bad because if you look to situations in your life that you you might have had like this can go for for anyone a situation Mm. that probably was really bad and really traumatic at the time actually is probably the experience that you learn from the most Um, and it's important to also like you touched on gratitude there it's important to have gratitude for the good things but also the bad things because ultimately they are um, kind of like uh, carving the way for your personal experience on you know in this world so you know those things that really were horrible to go through and you would never want anyone to do the same thing probably gave you quite a lot that you might have awareness over you might not but like just think about you know it might have given you resilience it might have given you a sense of courage it might have given you a sense of confidence like all of these different things it's important to have gratitude for all of it because you know there's a lot of science gone into the study of gratitude and we won't get into that like so much on this but if anybody wants to um check out a a person called dr joe dispenza um i'm not sure how to spell it i think it's like d-i-s-p-e-n-z-a or something like that i like but um he is basically the authority on um this kind of stuff and like from a scientific perspective and bringing gratitude into your life and how it can improve it is it's a really good thing to check out Perfect. No, that's wonderful. I like that we've got some action there. So yeah, definitely if you if you can find um Dr. Joe Dispen- Dispenza. Yeah. Yeah, I got it right. Then definitely check it out because yeah, gratitude is one of the largest things that I um take on in my day. And I've I've spoken about it so much in my content because I think it changes the way you see the world. And um I know we're not really talking about design at the moment, but it can apply to anybody, designers, builders you know like anything um we all just want that little bit more extra happiness and gratitude in our lives well it's been an absolutely lovely chat ollie um i've really appreciated this and i appreciate you taking your time to communicate with me today and share a little bit of knowledge based on uh, your experiences my final question before we wrap it up is how influential was university on your creativity and confidence in yourself oh massively i think that i think that the um, age, I think, what do you start university at? 18. Yeah, and you go, you go through to 21 or 20 or 21. Yeah, 21. 21, yeah. Yeah, so like that as an age anyway is probably one of the most transformative ages that you'll go through because you go through like, you go from 
being an adult, but you're not really an adult. <laughs> like, and then you kind of learn. I think, especially living at university, you learn how to take care of yourself. You learn how to like, uh, some people like learn how to cook and clean and and kind of all of these things that you take. You just have like this massive sense of responsibility. So it's a transformative mm. process anyway, going through like that that as an age thing. But going to university, I would say from my own personal experience, like. I would say that I learned way more from um, you guys and um, kind of just like being in a community of people that knew what they were doing than I did from actually the stuff that I paid for. Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, in saying that, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have met you guys, um, and I wouldn't have you know I wouldn't wouldn't be the person I am today without going to university and, and having that experience. Um, I know that like you mentioned earlier, like there's a lot of um, people that kind of in especially in the design world that say don't go to university um, you know it's like a waste of money you'd be better off spending like if you're going to spend 30 grand spend like you know 10 grand on like um, courses or stuff that's going to like boost you up and stuff like that and that is true to a point but I think it depends on like the type of person that you are and yeah. um, if you're really kind of looking to build like um, strong and long-lasting bonds with people that are in you know sim a similar position to you, a similar age to you, um, similar interests to you, then like it's a fantastic thing to to get involved with. Yeah, hundred percent. Lifelong friends, um, lots of experiences to learn, and uh, I think you'd be stupid. No offense to anybody to not go to university because well, this I'm biased because we lived yeah. it and we enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but like like you said, um, that's that's partly why I wanted to bring you on because we shared that experience um, it might be different for different people. Like we, we had a relatively amazing time, <laughs> but um, yeah, just if you have the opportunity to go to university to, to learn design or for anything, really, if you'd even just do your, your design on the side, um, that university experience is something that will really help you grow as an individual. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, you know, it, it depends also because say you were, let's say you were studying like maths or engineering or something like that. And then you went and then you, but you wanted, you know, had an interest in design and it was like a personal hobby of yours. You could go over to the design building and speak to the design students. Like if you're in a place where there's like these little communities of people all around that ultimately are interested in the same things that you're interested in. Like, don't think that just if, if you go to university to do, let's say, engineering, that you're only going to be, you can only immerse yourself with people who like engineering. Like, there, yeah. you know, there's so many people out there and so many different um, courses and stuff to, or like things to get involved in. You're always going to find like your group and your people, 100%. Um, mm. And also, if you go to university, you're paying a lot of money. So just go like day to day, <laughs> just like some days you won't because you just won't be feeling it. And that's fine. But for the most part, get in early, leave late, be the type of person that you'd want to see if you were a teacher that you were going to give your time to. And ultimately, you're just going to get like so much more out of it, you know? Yeah, I think that's what we found over the, the final years. Um, we kind of had first year where we'd be like, oh, this is just a load of rubbish. Like, I'm not learning a lot. I'm not going to go in. Um, but I'm very happy that I made that transition. And now we, en we ended our university pretty much, yeah, like you said, being in from early till late. And uh, that's probably when I learned the most about design as well you actually put the effort into learning yeah. it sounds crazy to really say it but <laughs> it's probably not um well it's been amazing to have you on ollie where can people find you we, we mentioned your instagram and white space collective 
Oh yeah, thank you very much for having me on as a guest. I, I really do um, appreciate it. It's great to um, to chat with you and, and share some knowledge and stuff like that. So um, for people that are looking to find me, um, Jacob mentioned it just earlier. So Instagram um, is where I post the photography and arts-based stuff. Um, that's at OliverGT underscore Whitehouse. Um, so you can find me over there. But for anything business related um, or to see the, um, the type of content that I put out on a weekly basis, um, I'm very active on LinkedIn. Um, so if you go over there, just search Oliver Whitehouse in the top bar. Um, everything's nice and branded, so you should be able to pick me up um, quite easily. Whitespace Collective. Um, and yeah, I'd love to connect with you over there. Anyone that, that wants to have a chat or, about a video or photography or anything like that, then um, then just shoot me a message and uh, and I'd love to chat with you. Anything design related though, just, just make sure you hit up Hedges Design on, on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, amazing. Well, thank you so much and uh, I'm going to end the episode there. Cool. Cheers, mate. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks so much to everyone that's made it this far in the show. It was fantastic to dive into Ollie's journey and extract some advice from his experiences. I hope you can all find something educational to take away from this episode. For more educational design-related content, feel free to follow me over on Instagram at hedges.design. And make sure to let me know that you've been listening. You can also follow Ollie over on Instagram too. His handle is OliverGT underscore Whitehouse. If you're watching on YouTube, that's all from me today. However, if you're listening on podcast platforms, please stick around for another 20 minutes or so where Ollie and I are going to ask each other quick fire questions that we have prepared for each other. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Okay, we are now into the audio only. Thank you so much for everyone that has made it this far in the show. I really appreciate everyone that's been listening. We've been talking about a lot uh, on university and actually going to university if you're thinking about it and how influential it is on your creativity, how much you can learn and how much you can actually just grow as a person. So I hope you've enjoyed it thus far. Now I'm going to jump in with some quick fire questions with Ollie and uh, he's prepared some for me. I've prepared some for him. So we're just going to fire away. So question number one for you, Ollie, how would you react if you got told that everything you did for the next two hours didn't count? What would I do? Yeah. Oh man. I'm probably just smashing like a load of bad food. Do you know what I mean? Just like so much <laughs> bad food. Um and uh and then just it wouldn't count towards anything. <laughs> mm. Nice. <laughs> cool. What's your first question for me? Uh first one for you, it's funny that I talked about food, is what is your favorite food? Pizza. Easy. Yeah. Easy, easy one. Um yeah. Where from? And... Oh. I think it has to be Domino's. Yeah. Like we had a Papa John's the other day and uh, just didn't really hit didn't the same. Didn't hit the spot, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Domino's pizza is the one for me. Cool. Right. So my second question for you, is there a moment in your life that you want to kind of watch back? Like if you could go back in time and from like an outsider perspective, watch your life happen, what moment would it have been? Uh, it would be the first, the, the, if you could be a fly on the wall, it, it would yeah. be like the, the first day of university, 100%. Like just to see like, uh, I would love to see like everybody's journey into the building um, and then ultimately like everybody meeting. Like I know, like, like I know where I met all of you, but I'd love to see it from like an outsider perspective. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because that that's kind of a moment that it's so, like you're so nervous for it and like you're not really present even though you no. are. No. Like you don't really take it in because yeah, when you have those big moments in your life, you're not actually kind of present for them. You're yeah. so overwhelmed by what's going on. So that's a fantastic one. So my next one for you, um, 
Jacob, what gets you up in the morning? Uh, for me, it is kind of, it's a bit different now. When I was at university, obviously it was like learning design and, and working towards my goal of being a graphic designer professionally. But nowadays, I really love this podcast. I love what I'm doing on Instagram and being able to actually teach beginner designers. Um, that's something that really gives me passion and motivation, I would say. So yeah, just being able to even just influence someone's learning of graphic design. Beautiful. So what is a non-business related goal of yours? Non-business related? Mm. Uh, like a, a personal goal um, of mine is just to remain like happy and content in everything that I'm doing in life. I think it's difficult because the business and personal kind of cross over in what I do and um, because like I like run my own business and everything like that. So it's kind mm. of they cross over but yeah just just to be um happy content and, and fulfilled and, and influence you know and impact lives i think that would be that would be one personal goal of mine lovely lovely i like that oh my next question to you <laughs> um so you find yourself uh in a desert one day and you stumble across um a dusty old lamp give it a little clean and the genie that looks like will smith pops out and he says, right, Jacob, mate, you've got one wish. One? I don't, don't get three? You don't get three. You only get one and it can't be more wishes. <clears throat> one wish. Hmm. See, three wishes is too easy because yeah, one wish, you've only got one chance. <laughs> mm, mm. I think um, health fantastic answer for me and those that i love really nice answer because yeah it makes a huge difference we've seen that in this pandemic and everything like if you can just ensure that like you and those around you are going to be healthy like i think that's the most important thing yeah yeah 100 percent. sorry that took a little bit of time to think about it but uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> you've only got one wish you want to use it wisely um so number four for you would you rather eat hot ice cream or next day chips hot ice cream yeah 100 percent. because it would just kind of be like warm custard do you know what i mean uh, but yeah. next next day chips are just not the one do you no. know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> even if you eat them up they're awful <laughs> cool um what is your favorite day of the week i think when i was at university it would have been monday because i love looking on thinking oh i've got so much creating happening this um this week um whereas nowadays it's kind of friday yeah because <laughs> i get to do all my creating for the design the design stuff on instagram and this podcast happens normally on a saturday so yeah i look forward to having like a nice relaxed friday uh, evening oh i guess well no no, it's probably Saturday then. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I love finishing work on a Friday and thinking, you know, I got the whole weekend to look forward to and I can create so much stuff. And uh, yeah, that's that's my answer. Nice one. So how many hours or days do you think that you could sit 100% alone for? <sighs> and obviously with no access to the internet and stuff mm, like that. Because yeah, obviously just that in a box on your own. Really? With your own thoughts. How long? Oh man, I don't know. It depends. Like, is the room completely empty? Mm. And there's nothing. Uh, in there? Well, I guess you can have you can have like one thing that you enjoy as a hobby. 
Okay. Uh, oh man, I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd like to say, well, you can't go, you can't go anywhere, you can't do anything. No. Oh, like sit alone. I don't know. I mean, I'd like to say like a week, but more than likely, it'll probably be like a day, a couple hours. <laughs> do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I hate like I, I have like mild claustrophobia. I don't like being like boxed into places. So. Mm. You know, that would be awful for me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I guess over time that room would then just feel smaller and smaller. Oh, horrible. Yeah, yeah. you couldn't leave. It'd be awful. Mm. <laughs> Probably just want to get out within like a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that that kind of question came from, um, you know, there's movies like The Martian where he's just alone on his own. I mean, I guess he's got an entire planet to himself, but uh, <laughs> so it's not quite the same. But yeah, that's kind of what inspired that question. Yeah, cool. Um my next one to you, if you had to live in another country for five years, what country would it be? Um, if it didn't matter what, um, or like how I got there or like anything like that, I think it would be America. I've always wanted to go there and like just experience their culture, like go to like New York City, go to uh, San Francisco, those kind of bigger cities where it just feels a little bit different to the UK, you know, yeah. um, a little hustle and bustle experience that for a bit and because you know you're gonna do it and get out afterwards yeah um, yeah yeah that's why um what does your dream day look like Currently. my dream day oh so if i was to break it down into like mm. everything that i do in that day yeah your, oh, your morning your lunchtime your afternoon your evening oh man okay so uh morning it'll be get up early before the sun rises um do my little morning routine which kind of involves like cold shower a little bit of meditation um stuff like that um mm. and then would hopefully after all of that then be able to go out with my camera and watch the sunrise and take some pictures um that is like one of my favorite things to do um then i suppose it would be like breakfast time which would be I don't know, like a big stack of pancakes or something, you know, something like yeah. nice like that. Um, what would I then be doing? Hopefully, uh, depending on the location, I'd be um, either kind of in the mountains or um, on the beach. So just spending the day uh, kind of exploring, um, finding cool things to uh, take pictures of and, and kind of look at and um, that sort of stuff. Uh, then moving into the evening, um, it would be... Like, I don't know, lunch kind of by the by, but moving into the evening, it would be like a nice meal, probably, probably like a, a like a fresh Italian pizza or something like properly mm -hmm. cooked, you know, not like a Domino's, yeah. like a proper, like proper one like that. Few beers, um, got the mates around, got the missus there, got the family there. Everyone's getting on. Everyone's having a great time. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah. Uh, and then the evening progresses as it as it would i can't really say the last thing but <laughs> you've got this amazing day and then it's like yeah and then the evening <laughs> and the rest is up to your imagination yeah the listeners exactly. okay what's my seventh question your seventh question is no this is your sixth question oh yeah sorry no i can't count clearly that's all right mate what is your favorite season Oh, you you mentioned that yours was spring. Yeah. So I want to go for something different. I just lo I love the summer and the long evenings. Um, you know, you f get to finish work at like six, and you know the sun's not going to set for another like three or four hours, and then you can kind of do whatever you want. You can go down. Like, uh, where I used to live, 
Um, in Bournemouth, there was a beach like 20 minutes away, so I could go down to the beach um, like if I wanted to have a little barbecue on the beach or like, you know, anything. You, you just feel like you have so much more time in the day because it's light all the time. Yeah, for uh, sure. And, you know, it feels like there's a lot more potential. I think one thing that I love is the, th- the feeling that there's potential. So summer is definitely the season that I enjoy most. Nice one. Cool. Um, if you could master one piece of software, what would it be? Ah, like a master a piece of software. Mm. For me, After Effects. Mm. Because um, I am pretty competent with um, my editing software. I use DaVinci Resolve for that. But After Effects is um, one of those things, one of those pieces of software that if you learn can take video, really take video to the next level in terms of like the um, like the motion and um, like tracking and all of the different things you can do in After Effects. Um, and it's a scary piece of software to, to try and learn. So yeah, that would that would probably be the one. Yeah, great answer. Yeah, I think that would be really helpful for me as well. Yeah. Oh, your next question. So <laughs> I'm not used to the format of this. <laughs> no. So this is going to be a difficult one for you. If you could only listen to one artist for the rest of your life, who would it be? Oh, man. So you've got to both think about genres and then you've got to think about the artists that you like within those genres as well. I think it'd have to be Tom Mish. Ah, nice. Just because like, there's never like a bad song on his, on his anything that he brings out really. And like, it's got such a nice vibe to it. Yeah, um, yeah. It's kind of, there's never an, a, like, you know, when there's some artist that you have to be in the appropriate place or time to listen to. Yeah. With his music, you can kind of just listen at any time. Mm. Um, so for those that might be interested to listen, um, T-O-M-M-I-S-C-H. Brilliant artist. But to come back to what you were saying about any time and place, the only place that it wouldn't be uh, so good would probably be in the gym. I don't know. Like, I just think like when you're in the gym, you need like yeah, that power music. Hot, hot <laughs> yeah, tech, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's not really for that. But yeah, any other situation, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. All right. My final question for you. If there was one thing that you could change about yourself, what would it be? Oh, one thing I'd change about myself. That's a that's a difficult one. Uh, I would say that um, discipline would be the thing that I not so much change. I think just like improve upon. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So like my discipline has gotten a lot better um, since uh, kind of like having my own business and running that and kind of understanding the need for having discipline in your life. Um, but yeah, if I could if I could improve on on that and kind of be one of those people that's really disciplined in terms of like um, the way that they structure their day, what they know they need to get done and really like when they're not feeling like doing something, then like still be able to get it done just through pure discipline of like, just I need to do it. No, that's fantastic. I think discipline is one of the largest things, most important things, how influential it is um, to everybody, not just for you or I, for designers, for non-designers, like everyone in the world if you can train yourself to be more disciplined um it will take you a lot further you know yeah 100 percent agree with that so my last question for you um just to round it off i thought it'd be quite a good question who is your dream podcast guest <laughs> the person that so there's there's probably a couple for this um one of them is i'm going to answer as the most requested um and like at that point, I've kind of made it at, in terms of like respect. 
because I think you have to have a respect from a from a guest. Yeah. Um, and if I could get Chris Doe on the podcast, I think that's probably the most requested person. Obviously, yeah. from from the future, he is probably the one of the biggest teachers of design, and to be able to interview him and um, find out his educative that word yeah yeah Yeah, educative points (laughs) on design i think would be really really valuable for the audience and um for my own personal what i love what i have planned um it's kind of two people one of them is my mum and one of them is my dad really nice because i think to be able to capture just like we're doing today to capture um a connection with someone that you really really um are close to is a fantastic thing and it's partly why I started this because I think if I'm able to record that um, and have a really nice conversation with them you know I'm gonna have that to hold for years and years so that's my answer beautiful really nice <laughs> wasn't expecting that but it, it completely makes sense mm. yeah all right well thank you so much again Ollie for coming on it's been a real pleasure and thank you to everyone that has made it this far in the show um, I hope you've all enjoyed it as much as I have. If you like the Creatively Conscious podcast, please leave me a rating or review. It helps other people to discover this podcast. And like I said earlier, if you want more design-related content, follow me over on Instagram at hedges.design and follow Ollie over on Instagram too. His handle is OliverGT underscore Whitehouse. I want I hope everyone has a wonderful rest of your day, guys, and I will see you next time. <laughs>